Welcome to the Living Out Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Steele. And on the show, I talk about everything from LGBTQ, social justice, thinking more critically, queer thought leadership, and personal growth. Now, I want to preface this show with uh, a few show notes before we actually get into the episode. If you enjoy listening to the Living Out Podcast, if you get benefit, if it helps you think differently, make changes in your life, why don't you subscribe? iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure that automatically the latest episode will be updated in your podcast player feed, and that way you'll never miss a show. Now, at the moment, I'm publishing once a week, every Thursday. Now, hey, if you like the show, if you like a good restaurant, if you like a movie, what do you do? You tell your friends about it. This is one of the best ways I can get more ears listening to the Living Out podcast. So please share, reshare on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or just send the podcast by email. Ask me a question or leave me a comment on any of those social platforms or directly uh, in the comments area under the show notes on my webpage where you can read all of the details or any other links that are provided to give you more reading, more listening, more critical thinking about the show. And you can follow me on all the various social media channels, and they are on my website at darrensteel.com. Lastly, the intention of the Living Out podcast is to make you think, to think more critically and to help you use your difference to make a difference. Now, sometimes I'm going to challenge your beliefs, and sometimes I'm actually working on my own beliefs and patterns and behaviors. But if you like my way of thinking, and if you think that would be valuable for you to work with me as a coach, then you can learn more about my approach by going directly to darrensteel.com coaching. Just go over to my website, look at the work with me menu. All right, so let's get into today's episode, which I'm calling Social Media Damages Communication and Activates the Fight Response, or How to Think Critically and for Yourself in This Information Age. Recently, someone who I follow and really respect on Facebook and, and someone whose training programs I've paid to be a part of and whose posts I always read He posted praise for an author and a so-called intellectual for whom I have absolutely no respect. And it, it took me, it took me off guard. I was not expecting my, my friend, my colleague to have praise for this person. And this person who I don't respect is Jordan Peterson, this so-called intellectual Canadian university professor, YouTuber, and he's got a book out about these, you know, 12 methods or ways to lead like a, a, a valuable life. And, and some of them are just absolute nonsense. When you go pull this up online and you can easily find it, it's like stand up straight, shoulders back. Hey, that's the stuff we do as, you know, personal trainers or your mama taught you when you were slouching over the kitchen table, eating your soup. That's not something that's going to really 
dramatically change your life. That, For someone who considers themselves to be an intellectual, that is one of the most pedestrian things, and I know that sounds judgmental, I've ever heard, and just is yet one more, I think, nail in this person's coffin for being someone to whom you should give any kind of respect. So I'm not, I'm going to be referencing Peterson because I've got to tell this story to make my points. But this isn't really going to be about Jordan Peterson per se, and you can hear more about my thoughts, um, and I'll, I'll mention those podcasts that I've already recorded, and I'll put links in the show notes for you. Okay, so here's the thing. You know, just because someone has published a popular book doesn't mean he's someone you should try and emulate. In the case of Peterson, I think he published this book to try and simply inflate his ego and make more money and get people to follow him. That book is not really representative of of some of the problems I see with this person. Maybe there are some really good things. There are some general ideas that any one of 10,000 other personal leadership, personal growth authors have already written about. But he's simply trying to get eyeballs onto his ideas. But he's not got ideas that I think are really forward-thinking um, for the things that are most important to me with respect to humanity and equal rights. And this is the problem when someone like this may have some good ideas, but may not have other good ideas or may have a very different approach to ethics and morality morality that, that really come into conflict. So what do you do if somebody has something of value to say, like an author or maybe a famous TV star or celebrity, but then they talk about other subjects and you vehemently disagree? So <clears throat> in the case of Jordan Peterson, the history here is that Last year, he refused to respect the rights of trans individuals to be called by their names and their pronouns of choice. And he's gone so far to call for the abolishment of the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal, in part because of that. Because in Canada, we passed a law saying, you know, I should have pulled this up, but we can pull this up online if you want to look, that it's illegal to not call someone by their preferred pronoun. So Peterson has has called for the abolishment of the Human Rights Tribunal. And given the work that I do, my LGBTQ advocacy, the fact that I'm an out gay man, it behooves me to stand up to this kind of an intellectual bully, a white cis male who refuses to give up in an iota of his power when it comes to respecting human rights. It's that simple. And in all seriousness, Think about this. Why will Peterson not call a person by their preferred pronoun? If I say my name is Darren and you call me fuckface repeatedly or you call me D and I don't like to be called D, do you think that's going to earn my respect? Do you think that at some point I'm going to get really pissed off with you? Yes, that's our ego, that's our identity, our name. And, and language changes to allow us to do things like use a pronoun there to now be singular when we don't know the gender or sexual identity of someone. Things change, and the people who do not get caught up with the times fall behind. 
So for me, this issue is not a human rights issue. It's the realm of personal arrogance on the part of Jordan Peterson, which makes me question his ethics completely. So in a video that was shared in uh, this uh, social media discussion, my colleague uh, posted a two-minute blurb of Peterson in his classroom calling the Ontario Human Rights Commission a kangaroo court. So he makes this generalized statement in front of his students trying to influence young minds, citing three unnamed lawyers whose points he picked because those are points that substantiated what he wanted to say, but he doesn't cite a single shred of opposition. Now, this alone should cause anyone to be concerned about this person's intellect and his ethical fortitude and his point of view, that he's clearly biased. And for what reason? The Human Rights Tribunal in Canada operates, or at least in Ontario, operates effectively and fairly because it is, in fact, a real quasi-judicial body that operates under clear and defined rules and procedures. So if something goes wrong, if somebody feels like a ruling against them is is absolutely uh, incorrect, they can still appeal. They can still go to the next level court, possibly even, I believe, the Supreme Court of Canada. So this is the opposite of a kangaroo court. Peterson has a very clear agenda to undercut the authority of the tribunal and the desire to do away with the Human Rights Act itself because he does not want to be forced to call another human being by their preferred pronoun. WTF? Like, what the fuck, Peterson? What is wrong with you? This is arrogance. This is not human rights. Or rather, I should say, this is not a human rights issue. This is purely arrogance. And Canada is not a militaristic country. Canada is not an oligarchy. Canada is not a communist state. Canada is not ruled by a dictator. So to compare the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal to a kangaroo court does a disservice to what it means to be a Canadian. And if anything, Peterson has taken a page from the capitalist American approach to power, very Trumpian. Maybe Trump has learned a lot from Peterson. I don't know. He's acting entirely unpatriotic and un-Canadian. And this has nothing to do with freedom of speech, but everything to do with respecting the rights of the individual to be treated fairly and equally in this country of Canada. But I digress. So, how do you interact with friends or colleagues or a mentor who is suddenly praising someone who you know is a highly problematic or controversial individual at best? So, first step, know the medium. Where did this happen? Like, where did this argument, or sorry, where did this praising take place? Where did you see this person, friend, or colleague uh, praising this other individual? Was it on Medium? Was it on Facebook? Was it on Twitter? Was it at a live debate? Was it on YouTube? If it's on social media, okay, we've got some challenges there. Social media can make it really difficult as a medium to not to immediately clearly indicate your message or your, or your point, but what to do when the comments start coming in. And how to continue to get your points across or how to address the comments. It's literally like the comments are coming from all directions. 
People will leave comments. They'll put memes. They'll use icons. Um, they'll just uh, like what somebody else said, and then there'll be comments within comments. So you started getting these nested comments in this long thread down, and the original line of thought is no longer the original intention of the message. People are sort of having sub-conversations within the conversation, and the message gets lost. And this medium, for example, on Facebook, serves the purpose to distract you from learning or staying in alignment with the original message. It distracts you from thinking differently. It only takes you into the moment of a reactionary, um, an emotional reaction to a singular point more often than not, the further you get down to the thread. And each comment potentiates serving the ego. Hey, I liked what you had to say. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad that I'm right. You think that I'm right. Or, you know, making a new point or two to defend your point of view. And this presents a really serious problem for effective communication. Now, this is what I attempted to do in um, this particular post. I posted my thoughts. I made a suggestion that we need to maybe understand our mentors may may be just as human as we are and may not be um, as perfect as we thought. And we should be probably a little bit more careful about who we praise. So I shared a link to my podcast, The Hateful Prejudice and Elitism That Is Jordan Peterson, episode 56. And I criticized Peterson in that episode because it was clear my colleague did not know this information about Peterson. He's in an entirely different country, so he might not be on the top of the news about what's happening in Canada. Now, that does not make him a bad person, and it didn't make me think any less of my friend and colleague. There's so much information available to us right now that it's easy to be ignorant, and ignorance is neither neglect or bad behavior. In this case, it's a fact of life. We can't know everything. But thankfully, my colleague was willing to look at the information I shared. And what became problematic were the other people who decided to jump in with their opinions or their their up-liking of what other people had to say, which is kind of like a passive-aggressive way of saying, Darren, you're wrong, or Darren, you don't know what you're talking about. And this wasn't an issue of being on the right or the left. This was an issue of somewhat right versus wrong, but more so, think for yourself. And I didn't want to start a fight because I respect my friend and colleague. So when I made my statements, I tried to back them up first with a link to my podcast. And I also shared a link to an article by someone else on Medium who did some really good research and backed up that research with references. And what I discovered is the people that were commenting didn't listen to my podcast, didn't even read that article, said things like, where's your proof? It's like, fuck, didn't you read the fact that I provided a 40-minute podcast with several links within my show notes and then an independent article that had nothing to do with me, again, with resources and links. So, you know, I know this. 
We know this. You know this. It's really difficult to change hearts and minds on Facebook and even harder to do on something like Twitter where you're, you're actually limited to the amount of characters that you can share in a status update. Now, one of the people made a reference to, oh, he gets so pissed off when people on the left get really upset when they don't feel included around issues of equality or they get so easily offended when it's an issue about diversity and that they act like snowflakes. And I like just bit my tongue in that moment, decided I wasn't going to respond and instead say it here. I've heard it said elsewhere by someone else that people on social media who use general undefined terms like neoliberal, sorry, neoliberal, neoliberalism, the left or snowflakes, they want to appear intellectual. Essentially, they don't have to do the hard work of thinking for themselves. They want to have a a single creed or one leader that allows them to prejudge the world and everything easily. It's like, make my point, agree with what somebody else says, but I don't think for myself. I belong to this crowd. I belong to this tribe and this tribe is right. And that person over there, that standalone individual, wrong. I clicked on that person's profile page on Facebook, and what do I see? A white male. Now, I'm a white male, and I can't assume the privilege or his life experience. But let's just start with the first fact. He's a white male. And just reading through his Facebook page, you know, you have to call into question. If someone is going to call other people weak and using the term snowflake, Have they ever suffered the kind of prejudice or racism or sexism as a white male for wanting to be an equally respected human being, for wanting to be able to live out and freely as an LGBTQ person, to feel like you're not going to be carded or assaulted or shot and killed as a person of color driving in the United States, to be a trans person and feel like everyone in the world is making you an alien, judging you? wanting to call you by what they think they should call you and not allowing you to live your identity while suffering emotional stress of dealing with transition and never having felt like you were who you were meant to be in the body you were born in? Just think about the carelessness and the thoughtlessness of jumping to these kinds of presumptions and conclusions that always result in bullying Indirect, passive, aggressive, or direct. So it's social media is the perfect place to demonstrate the absence of empathy. I got to a point where I decided, done, I'm not going to participate any further. I'm getting too upset. And or I don't want to get upset. I don't want to argue. I want to try and make my point. So I turned off notifications for the post. Now, maybe I could have worked on a steel man argument, which, which means I would have tried to summarize other people's argument and help them see that I understand their point of view because they weren't taking the time to understand my point of view. And from there, maybe I could have suggested, hey, can you use empathy to understand this singular viewpoint? Or can you use empathy to understand this thing that you've mentioned that I'm saying I understand and look at it in a different way? 
But what I realized is that the deeper and the more nested these comments became in this Facebook post thread, the more difficult and unlikely it was becoming to change hearts and minds because the message was getting lost. The original message was lost because I was also one comment within this post of many. And so there was only one solution. I needed another medium and I chose, of course, this, my podcast. And changing hearts and minds requires patience and time and either face-to-face interaction or a longer form, um, linear medium, like a podcast episode or or an article that you can read and reread so that you can take the time to dissect the ideas presented and to try and understand and evolve your own thoughts and ideas as a result of what you've just heard, seen, read. Now, to think critically, you have to first think for yourself. And in the first instance, that means getting off of platforms like Facebook or Twitter. And I don't mean deleting your profile, but I mean, like I did here, I had to. I had to step away from the discussion or the argument in some cases, and I needed to take time to reflect. If there's something you don't understand, do your research. And look for both supporters and detractors on the subject. So, case in point, I spent an hour reading online pros and cons for Jordan Peterson, articles dissecting his points of view and some of his theories, articles supporting him, articles criticizing him. But I didn't read anything that was trash. I was reading articles that were like 1,500 words minimum to like 15-minute read articles really delving into aspects of Peterson's research. Yes, I was looking to have my argument, my thoughts, my beliefs substantiated. On the whole, I came out on the side of like, yes, yes, I am very concerned with this person's approach. And I think he is highly problematic. So, and the next part of thinking critically is if, if there's something you're telling yourself that you refuse to believe, meaning you're, you're telling yourself that you're right, ask yourself, is this true? How do I know this is true? Could I be wrong? Or is there something I don't know that might change my mind about what I believe? And and this is an act of growth mindset. And a growth mindset requires time to evolve. And more importantly, the willingness to seek out new and possibly uncomfortable information, along with the willingness to contemplate then what that means to you, how to understand it, and whether you need more information to reshape, to evolve, to modify your thinking. Even right down to your physical response. How does your body feel when you're confronted with something that you think is wrong or that you don't want to believe, meaning you don't want to change your mind? Does your heart start racing? Do you get upset? Do you furrow your brow? You know, your eyes are getting all squishy, not wanting to take in this new information or this different point of view. And the more emotionally attached to an idea that you are, the more difficult it will be to change your thoughts and your beliefs. Because beliefs are not reasonable. 
a belief in something which can be called faith. And we can use faith sort of in the non-religious context, and we can also use it in the religious context. Faith is belief without reason. There is no proof that God exists in a comparable way to how we substantiate things we see in the world with scientific reasoning and discovering. With all the forms of logic we use to make things, to discern things, to explain things, there is no factual proof that God exists. So if you believe in God, you have to have faith. You have to believe in a narrative. So if you simply believe something to be true, that doesn't make it so. And the more your beliefs are built upon faith and emotions, the more easily you can get sucked into believing what other people tell you. The more easily you'll get sucked into like the dynamics of groupthink and mob mentality and other forms of dangerous behavior where everybody starts ganging up. We start seeing these hashtags trending when people are being attacked. And people are jumping on that bandwagon, seeing that pattern of the thing that triggers them to be upset without ever going to the source to determine the truth of the matter. It's a wrap. Evolving how we think and modifying our behaviors and opinions is challenging but it's rewarding work. I think it's absolutely essential, especially as LGBTQ people. We need to use our difference and to understand our differences to make a difference in the world. Now, the more you can substantiate your point of view, the more of a critical thinker you become. But we need to be aware that the lack of empathy for others and the social media default to immediately defend your point of view before you're doing your homework, that's harmful. That stops thinking, that gets us right into the ancient brain, the amygdala, fight or flight. That's why sometimes we need to back away so we can get into our cortical brain, the youngest part of our brain that allows us to think, to reason, to think critically, to think for ourselves, to notice patterns and behaviors, and to take, hopefully, the next more neutral, more balanced step in communication. As always, live out, live proud, think more critically, and use your difference to make a difference.